Mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. Hey yo. My name is Blackamore. I'm a nutrition and fitness consultant, also the author of the book, Everything You Need to Know About Stocks for Now. And you are now listening to Cultural Literacy. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, this episode is a special episode. Um, right now is April 13th at the time of me recording this, right? And I say this is a special episode. I want to talk about my journey today. Reason being, six years ago during this time, which actually started on the 12th, April 12th through April 15th, I did a three-day water fast, and and that was the beginning of... You know, this health journey that I'm on now. It was the beginning of me changing my life. I changed a lot of habits that I consider to be fundamental to my character. You know, I have very poor yet obsessive eating habits. And it was leading to my demise. So make sure, you know, that this, like I said, this episode is going to be special. If you're somebody who's been dealing with, you know, trying to make that change. And it doesn't even have to be just food. It could be with anything, you know, with the principles that I'm going to talk about in this episode. You can apply to any area in life, but especially if you're somebody who's been struggling with diet, especially for a long time, you're going to want to tune in. Okay, because I'm somebody who you know, I spent years trying to lose weight. Right. I spent years trying to lose weight, failing and failing and failing. But it was April 12th through April 15th. April 15th is when I broke my water fast is when I ate my first piece of food again. Um, you know, the approach was different. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the the mindset, the, the strategy, if you will, the tools and resources. Kind of, you know, like things I went through to get here. You know, we six years in running. Okay. So let's get into kind of the beginning, like how I even got here. You know, growing up all, all, you know, most of my life, all the way up until my mid 20s, early to mid 20s, I was always, well, mine is when I was a little kid, I didn't eat a lot. But, you know, once I got older, once I became like, I don't know, late 19, for sure, pre teenager, I ate a lot and I was always skinny, according to people around me. I was always skinny. And, um, I remember I eventually I ended up going to the doctor for a checkup. Two things happened at this doctor visit. Matter of fact, yeah, I was about, I was either 20 or 21 years old. Okay. Got all my vitals checked and all that. Blood pressure was cool. Blood sugar, all that. You know, all, all those things was cool. 
But it was one thing that was, what, it was two things that wasn't right. One of them was subjective. The other one was actually tested. The thing that was actually tested was my cholesterol levels. Mind you, like I said, I'm still considered skinny by most. I'm skinny. I was skinnier then than I am today. I like to always highlight this because sometimes people think that like high blood pressure, diabetes, having heart disease is only a weight thing. It's only if you're fat. So if you're not fat, then you're healthy. And that, that's not true. Like I said, I was skinnier then than I was today and I had high cholesterol and cholesterol spe- specifically is going to be the worst because this is the one thing that is definitively causatively linked to heart disease. OK. Specifically, the low density lipids and very low density lipids, but that's another conversation. But the other thing was, you know, the doctor asked, was I depressed? And this also kind of um, created a bias against doctors. And, you know, it could have been just a bad situation, but he asked, did I feel depressed? Not knowing the difference between feeling sad and frustrated and depression, I just answered yes. The reason why, during this time, I was struggling financially a whole lot. I'm a new adult. I don't know how the world works. Thought I knew everything. You get sent out into the world and realize things in what you thought. Okay. Uh, around this time, I had matter of fact, yeah, this is around the time where I had took like some of my biggest, my first big losses in the stock market. This is like I had just made a bunch of money and I had just lost it all. Okay, for the second to last time. This happened again about a year, about two years later, it happened again. Made a bunch of money and lose, and lose a bunch of money. I kept going through these peaks and valleys. So he asked, was I depressed? I said, yeah, shit, I just lost, I just lost everything I ever had. <laughs> you know what I mean? He says, do you want me to prescribe you something for that? Luckily, fortunately, I said, no, I wasn't, I don't, I don't think I was as conscious. Of course not. We always learn as we get older, but. Fortunately for myself, I said no, because I'm like, I don't need medicine. I need money. Nigga. What, what you giving me medicine for? <clears throat> so that was a seed that planted distrust for medical practice and things, because it, it, it just showed me how quick we are to want to take a pill to get rid of our problems as opposed to dealing with the real issue. Taking that pill was not going to rid my problems. I had to figure out how to get some money. Once I get the money again, I'll be all right. You know? That was the cause of the issue. That's what's going to solve the issue. Duh. Not some pill. And the, the pill at best is going to lie to me. If I did feel good because I took the pill, it would be a lie. I still need to solve this problem. I don't know where my life is going at this point. You know? <clears throat> so like I said, but the other thing he mentioned that my cholesterol was pretty high for my age. It wasn't at a level where he needed to give me medication. He said, if I just started eating right, I should be cool, which is which was another seed that was planted. So and then luckily he didn't just want to give me a medication for that. So it was very interesting, almost oxymoronic to a sense. He offered me medication for my depression off of just a simple yes or no. You actually run a test that you can measure objectively for my cholesterol. You see that it's high, but you say you'd probably be good, though, if you just start eating right again. It's not high enough for me to put you on medicine. So that tells me that plus the seed that, you know, my actions will have 
the effects on my health. My what I eat is going to affect my health. So that was just a seed that was planted. I'm not really thinking about it this deep at the time, but that was a seed that was planted. <clears throat> so so as we move forward some years, I start putting on some weight, and as I put on, I put on enough weight to where I look in the mirror and I say, "Yo, I'm." And people are saying it too, like, "Yo, I'm, I'm chubby. I'm kind of fat." I never been. I never struggled with weight. Never struggled with diet before. This was something new. You don't even accept it at first. As I'm putting the weight on, I'm like, "Oh no, it's just muscle." You know what I'm saying? You just you come, you come up with all. You don't really know. You look at yourself every day, and then you're kind of just like in this disbelief. You're not really accepting. Like, no, that's fat. You think it is muscle. That's fat, and it's new to you, especially if you never struggled with your weight before. <clears throat> so I'm trying to lose weight for aesthetic reasons, not for health reasons. And, you know, being somebody who's been in this mindset before, and we still are in this mindset in different genres of life. You know, whenever we have a problem, we want to look for a quick fix, something that doesn't require a lot of work, and the fix is permanent. That's what we look for. The thing is, when it comes to this health shit, which includes weight loss, fat loss in particular, not just weight loss, but fat loss in particular, there isn't no quick fix for that. That's a lifestyle thing. Something, same thing with like money. A lot of things that we want the most, <clears throat> it's not a quick fix situation. It's a lifestyle change situation. Your iPhone breaks, you go get, that's a fix. You can go get that fixed. You know? Uh, I don't know, maybe you need a pair of shoes, you can go get a pair of shoes. Now you fix the problems. Now you have a pair of shoes. When it comes to things like health and wealth, those deal with more so with lifestyle. <clears throat> and this is a lesson I will learn later. But right now, I haven't learned that lesson yet. I'm still looking for my quick fix. I'm looking for the latest diet. Right? <clears throat> I'm looking for whatever exercise is going to happen or this thing that I just got to stick to for 30 days and drop 10, day, 10 pounds in 30 days. You know, I'm looking for all these crazy fad things and it's not working. Right? Because I don't understand the fundamentals. I don't know... The vitamins I need, I don't know the 21 essential minerals, the five electrolytes. I don't know nothing about no omega fatty acids. I don't know none of this shit. I'm just winging it and going with whatever the first page of Google tells me when I search in my query in Google. Not knowing nothing. So around this time, the Atkins diet was popular. It was Atkins and it was kind of starting to transition into keto. Since Dr. Atkins was di died and keto is just an evolved version of Atkins. <clears throat> which is ironic because now we have the carnivore diet these days, which is basically the Atkins diet without the cheese. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it was very appealing because the Atkins diet said you could eat all you want just as long as there's no carbs. But the food, the food groups that was available is meat and dairy. I can eat pork rinds. I can eat steak and chicken and cheese. And, you know, I just can't have the bread. And you know, that sucks. So, you know, I try that and I don't feel right. And, you know, I feel hungry, feel hangry. I tried a bunch of different diets. I'm not here to, like, shit on a particular diet. I'm just here to, like, the mindset, the approach wasn't right. And um, so I mentioned earlier, like, how I lost it all with stocks. I kept getting, getting it all, losing it all. And eventually I had to learn a lesson. Like, I got to figure out. What I'm doing wrong, and then I learned like, okay, I'm 
my mindset was wrong. I'm going after the wrong type of thing. I'm trying to get the what? I'm trying to get the quick fix, trying to get a quick flip, trying to get rich off a penny stock real fast. I'm not learning how to actually invest for the long term. You know, I wasn't trying to learn how to break down the balance sheet, an income statement, a cash flow statement, what free cash flow is and how that metric is formulated to begin with, why it's important. I'm not knowing nothing about debt to equity ratios. Didn't care at the time. Not knowing how important it was to keep the money. You know, it never dawned on me that the richest investors in the stock market, like your Warren Buffett's and them, don't ever talk about penny stocks. You know? So there's principles I learned from investing that I had to apply to my health once I learned that my cholesterol was higher than before. My blood pressure was crazy. 170 plus over 100 plus for a 27, 28 year old, 27 year old, I think at the time. It's kind of young <laughs> to have blood pressure that high. You know, pre-diabetic, both parents diabetes, diabetes to both sides of the family are pre-diabetic. What do you think people are telling me? They're telling me it's genetic. Go to the doctor, right? And that seed that that doctor planted in my mind from years ago started to grow. Once I learned about the blood pressure, you're telling me to go get medicine. They tried to give me medicine for depression, and that wasn't that was, I knew that wasn't gonna fix nothing. So how y'all even give medicine? That can't be. That's not right. And he also said I don't need medicine yet with the cholesterol, even though I need it now. But he said if I would have ate right. I can get this thing down. Who's to say that if I eat right now, I still can't get it down. So with my life, I bet with my life. Remember, if this decision is wrong, I stroke or heart attack. Because when I learned about my blood pressure, there was a lot of people around a little older, just not too much older than me, who I considered to be more healthy than me. Some of these people were leaner than me. They were dying from health issues. So I'm betting with my life. On this decision on how I was going to go about my diet moving forward. I can't afford to be wrong. I just had a daughter. So. I nerd out. I learn all about nutrition. I'm looking at all the studies and what foods is associated with what disease and what foods is associated with reversing these other diseases. And the conclusion that I keep, you know, where it keeps pointing, the way that this shit kept pointing to was something I didn't want to accept. Y'all mean, I'm like, damn, you mean to tell me my best shot? And I'm and in fairness, I'm not going to say this is the only shot, but the my best shot, because I'm going for the best. I'm going for the extreme. I don't have time. I might die, right? <laughs> but out of everything I was reading, because I'm kind of condensing this whole journey, but out of everything I was reading, my best shot for reversing my high blood pressure, my pre-diabetes, my high cholesterol, and my, I wasn't even concerned about weight. I wasn't even thinking about that. That was just a side effect. I didn't care about losing weight anymore. It was about getting healthy. That's the first thing. That's the first thing we had to realize with we, a lot of people be trying to lose weight. You got to understand it's for your health. When you take a health first approach, it kind of changes things. At that point, you're not really looking at fad diets and what's trending. You're kind of looking for something sustainable that's gonna, that you could keep up the rest of your life. 
you know, as a trainer and as somebody who does consulting with meal plans, 80, 90 percent of people who who work with me, unfortunately, they're like straight out of the doctor's office with bad news. And we don't want to always wait till it gets that late. We need to be proactive about these things. So but anyway, I was taking a health first approach and I'm reading all the studies and I'm learning the fundamentals of nutrition and all of that. And it's pointing towards not just give of course it's not shocking you gotta give up I gotta give up Doritos. It's not shocking I gotta stop eating Snickers. It's not shocking I gotta stop eating ice cream. What fucked me up is I had to stop eating meat and cheese and butter and eggs and milk. I liked all these things. I love nachos. Oh, yeah, the nachos with the ground beef and the nacho cheese and the tomatoes and the sour cream all over it. Extra sour. Oh, I was a fool for some sour cream. Even though it didn't feel right, but it's like I got to give up meat. So hold on. I can't eat Wingstop. I can't eat Popeye's. I knew, I knew I probably had to give up Popeye's, but Wingstop, you know, that ain't fried. It ain't like breaded like that. I got to give up Wingstop. Catfish. That was crazy to me. I'm like, hold on. I used to, I used to hear about these vegans. I always thought that was crazy. I'm like, yo, y'all giving up meat and cheese. That's, y'all ain't eating no meat. Like, yo, what are y'all eating? I used to think these things. Like, yo, I, that's something I could never do. I remember, because, you know, a lot of vegans, you know, years ago, because being vegan for health reasons, y'all got to remember, that's kind of fairly new. Well over a decade ago, most vegans was vegans for animal issues. They loved animals. Or they seen a video of a cow getting slaughtered and say, yo, I can't do that. And I remember I remember the first vegan I heard say that she she saw some cows getting murdered and what they had to do to make the, the food out of the cow. And I just made a note to myself. Never watch. <laughs> never watch none of these PETA videos with these cows getting slaughtered or none of that, because I want to keep my burgers. That's how sick. Yo, even even later, I'm like, <laughs> That's how sick we can be. Like, yo, okay, for as long as I never watch the videos, because I don't want to change. I don't want to do that. But now that my health is on the line, I got to reconsider some things. And all of these things is saying my best shot would be to give it up because, you know, the more animal products people took out of their diet, the longer they live, less rates of blood pressure, the least amount of blood pressure problems, least amount of diabetes problems, least amount of cholesterol problems, least amount of overweight problems. Least amount of cancer problems. Least amount of damn near every disease, all the common diseases, most things we could think of. And then to update that, not to take the, I don't know if I want to go there with the conversation maybe later in the pod, but studies was coming out uh, in 2020 and beyond. Least amount of COVID problems. This is why I didn't deal with that V thing. Because a proper diet much more effective with no side effects than that V thing that they forced on everybody. But that's another conversation. Let's, <laughs> let's not go there. <clears throat> so it's like, damn, I got I to gotta give up meat and dairy in addition to all the junk food. Damn, I kind of heard bread was bad. You know, certain type of bread, blah, blah, blah. Damn, okay, I can't eat the spaghetti because of the white flour with the noodles. Ah, that's going to be hard, too. I already tried this carb thing, but at least I could eat the other carb. I could eat some, you know, some oatmeal or something, you know. Rice, brown rice. I can do the brown rice. Cool. I can't have no more chicken though. Come on, man. That was crazy. 
Very extreme. But I tell you what. Learning that and then kickstarting it with a three-day water fast. When you go on a prolonged fast for the first time, especially, and you go days without eating and you're just drinking water, it completely changes your relationship with food. You appreciate it better. It kind of recalibrates your taste buds. It gets a little more sensitive with the taste. A watermelon just tastes different if you ain't ate in three, four days. The sweetness just hit a little different. The, the hydration just hits you a little different. And I believe that fast, it really gives you a chance not just to cleanse your body. That's what's happening when you're fasting. You're giving your body a chance to detox. That's a true detox. It's fasting. Giving your body a break from digesting. Your body uses 50 to 70% of its energy to digest food. If you're fasting, now that energy can go to healing and other processes that take place in the body. You have way, your body has way more ram, you know what I'm saying, to do the other processes in the body without worrying about digesting food. Okay? So I go on this three-day fast from the 12th through the 15th. And during that time, I made the conclusion from all of my nerding out that I was going to have lead a whole food vegan diet for the rest of my life, at least primarily, 99%. And I said I would make exceptions here and there for salmon fish and cod fish. Since my hope, my big goal was to lower my blood pressure naturally and the omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid ratio. And that was just so crazy. I felt like it was worth the saturated fat and cholesterol that came with it, as long as I just do it every once in a while and not too crazy. And I'm still willing to eat those fishes today. It's been about maybe three years now since I've had it, either one, or had any meat of any kind. But it was something I was willing to do. It was something I was willing to do. After I learned everything I learned, I said, okay, so the first thing I have to do, and this is important, this is, probably, this is probably the most important thing of the episode. First thing I have to do is I have to write down a list of all of my favorite foods. Foods that I actually like, foods that I actually look forward to eating. Not just foods that I can't eat or foods that I tolerate or foods that's cool. Foods that I actually like. When I'm chilling, I'm like, hold on, yo, I got to get some this. I got to get some that. I got to get some chicken. I got to get some chips. I got to, you know what I mean? Not just, oh, I made this, okay, cool, I eat it, it's not bad. But foods that I actually enjoy. And I need to write as many of these foods as I can. After making that list, I go through that list, I say, okay, which, which of these foods can actually serve me? Which of these foods is going to actually help my healing process? And which of these foods is going to get in the way? Of my healing process. And which foods. Is maybe maybe they just be neutral. I eliminated all of the foods. That was going to get in the way of my healing process. Which was well, you know, naturally 80% of the list. And I remember the main food. I remember the main thing. This, I ate this for dinner for, for weeks. Before I started. Learning other foods to eat. And it was cashews. I ate cashews for dinner. For, I would get the can of cashews. 
the can of cashews. I think it was like eight servings in that can. And the main thing I looked for to see, to make sure I was getting a good amount of nutrients, I looked at all the minerals. Okay, and a lot of minerals are say, you know, it would range between 15 to 40% of the recommended daily allowance uh, RDA of what you need for the day. So I'm like, okay, so if I times this by eight, I'm getting pretty much all the minerals I would need, right? That's how I looked at it. Okay, cool. If I eat all this, that's 40 grams of protein. That's all the magnesium I need. That's all the manganese I need. That's all the potassium. You know, I did it like that. And then it got to a point where I got more strategic. But this was important because it's about behavior, right? I had to come up with something I was going to stick to. So I didn't dread it. You know, a lot of times we go on a diet, we dread eating that little, you know, little pussy ass salad. And we don't be really liking that. We try to tell ourselves we like it. You don't be liking that salad like that. I don't even like salads today like that. Powerful. And I did incorporate salads eventually. But even though I don't eat salads like that. Never nothing not next. Salads is something I tolerate. It's cool, you know. Especially when my when my lady makes salad, she you know she 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 do her thing with the salad, so it's a little extra. So I look forward to her salads, but salads in general, I mean, it's just something I tolerate. It's not nothing. I'm ooh, can't wait to eat this salad. I never, to this day, I've never, never been like that. But I did used to look forward to eating cashews. I did look forward to eating pistachios. After going so long, starting with the three-day water fast, and then sticking to foods that are whole foods, right? So these aren't foods that are optimized to trick your brain into telling you what tastes better than it does. I'm not eating drugs. I'm eating food. A lot of what we eat, a lot of us eat more drugs than food, and that's the issue. You're eating to get high. You're not eating to nourish. How many of you will be full, but you're still going to eat something. It's either because you were already nourishing, you're looking to get high, or you was only eating to get high and your body actually needs nourishment, so it's telling you to continue to eat. And that is the main issue with 99% of us. We have to stop eating to get high and eat to nourish ourselves. The foods that's going to nourish you is whole foods. Foods without ingredients list. Foods that come from the earth. Okay? It should be possible to plant the food that you eat. You know, you could grow an avocado tree. You could grow a cashew tree. You can make apples in the garden. You can make tomatoes in the garden. You know, beans come from the earth. Oats come from the earth. Wheat. Some of these things are still better and worse than others. But this is the foundation. This is the starting point. We could, we could bicker over, you know, gluten and lectins and all that shit later. But we have to at least understand the foundation of whole foods. And that should be the base. Okay? And then after a while, you know, your palate recalibrates and you start to appreciate other foods no other foods more. Another food I liked, I didn't eat all the time because, <clears throat> you know, it's not the easiest to prepare. Those black eyed peas, you know, but that could take hours to cook. Of course, unless you get in the can, but we got the dry joints. But I like beans. And then I found out how to make cornbread out of better ingredients that could serve me. So I'm not getting a jiffy. Is it jiffy? Whatever that cornbread mix shit is in that white and blue box. Instead of getting that, 
I don't believe that's Jiffy. Cause I think that, that peanut butter. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I learned how to make cornbread with better ingredients. Mixing in some ground flaxseed in there for the omega, more omega-3 fatty acids to get my blood pressure down. Omega-3 fatty acids are very important for getting blood pressure down. So if you're somebody listening to this with high blood pressure, or you know somebody who has high blood pressure, make sure you give them this podcast. Tell them to skip to this, whatever this minute mark is, or go tell them. Omega-3 fatty acids is very powerful for bringing blood pressure down. So that's why I, that's why I kept salmon and cod i didn't mind i mean i didn't eat it all the time it was still a few times a year and like i said it's been two three years since i have some but i am still willing to eat some every once in a while but the omega-3 because of the omega-3 fatty acids in those foods in those fish okay ground flaxseed very important chia seeds hemp seeds spinach it doesn't have a lot but the ratio omega-3 to omega-6 is great same as other dark leafy greens. A lot of, a lot of your dark leafy greens and certain fruit is going to be that way. But that was the most important thing that I did. Because if you aren't able to sustain it, then what are we doing? And for and I, another thing I did, mindset thing, I took it one meal at a time. I didn't even try to have perfect days. I would just think, okay, how can I make a breakfast that is going to be that I won't feel guilty about eating because I know that it's going against my health. A breakfast I could be proud of eating and a breakfast that I can enjoy. Okay, I, you know, it's 2017 at the time. It's 2017. There's Google. There's all kind of resources. There's all kind of YouTube videos and cookbooks and everything else. I could find a combination of foods that's healthy for me and enjoyable. How can I do this? And I made, and I made that be the case with every meal. What am I going to actually enjoy? Come lunchtime. Can I do this again? Come dinner time. Can I do it again? And that was the goal. is just to make sure I'm not ashamed and feel guilt. From eating my, from the next meal that was coming up. And, it became, and I became kind of obsessed with that. And, and, I'm a, and, and, you know, and I keep things simple. And also something else I would do, if I could go all three meals feeling guilt-free, I would make myself dessert. Well, guess what? Some more healthy ingredients. I would make myself chia pudding. So a dessert. So now I have something to look forward to at the end of the night. After a perfect day of eating, I'll call it. And after a while, you get your go-to meals. Because now what you got to do, you got to make sure that these meals are convenient and don't take forever. You know, we can't be making no damn souffle or, you know what I'm saying, things that take hours to make. You know, something that takes 15 minutes or less, the quicker the better. And then what's not, what, what? Grab on the what on the go foods can I get? That's why cashews was important. Cashews was essential. That's something I can grab. I don't have to cook that. That's something I can grab on the go and eat while I'm out and about. I can get fairly nourished from that and just eat the whole can and just be cool. A lot of copper, but better than a lot of the other shit I used to get. So, okay, cool. I 
There's a point in time where I was getting too much saturated fat and too much sugar and too much cholesterol, not enough fiber, and now I'm getting all the I'm now I'm getting all the nutrients I was missing out, but I'm probably getting too much copper. Maybe too much, maybe a little too much fat, but no, but I'm not getting, but it's still not as much fat as I was getting, and those are super unhealthy fats. Damn good trade-off. So we want to foods that you actually enjoy that are healthy. They check both of those boxes. You double down on those. You buy a lot of that. Now your diet isn't a chore and there's not nothing you can't wait to be over with. It's a lifestyle change. And then we take it one meal at a time. Not a day at a time. That's too much. One meal at a time. Just always think, yo, how can my next meal be enjoyable? Focus on enjoying it. Don't just eat shit just because you heard it's healthy. It was a lot of healthy foods I didn't get to for a while. I used to hate avocados. I didn't get to avocados for a while. Another food that, I, that ended up being essential for me was potatoes. Chop them up. Season it with some salt. Uh, pink Himalayan sea salt, that is. And then I will put a little honey on it. Just a little bit. Keep it light. Honey and salt. salt and, I, and personally, I love that. And potatoes was great because it was rich in potassium, rich in vitamin C, rich in iron. Great. And potatoes. Here's another. Here's a gem. And this is. And many people won't admit this. A lot of people will say the opposite of what I'm about to say, but I'm telling you from experience and I can back it up with some science. Gold and red potatoes, and I'm excluding the rust potatoes because, you know, they, it's a lot of, it's just not as great. Gold potatoes especially, because sometimes they can even spray dye with the red potatoes, you know, and they always, they always lie to you with the colors of the food. They make, they spray the red potatoes with the red dye. They put blue on blueberries and oranges is actually green and not orange, but that's another conversation for another time. But still, you're still better with the red potatoes with the dye on it than you are with the regular russet potatoes, okay? So red and gold potatoes, but we'll say gold potatoes. That's the gold standard. How about that? Gold potatoes has to be, in my opinion, gold potatoes is the number one food that you can eat if you are looking to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, make gold potatoes a cornerstone of your diet. Yes, carbs and all, starch and all. Oh, yeah. Why? It's so satiating. It is so satiating with so many nutrients in it, but yet so little calories. One little medium-sized gold potatoes is only like 110 calories, but you'll get like a quarter almost half of the nutrients that you need for the day in that little potato well probably about a quarter i don't want to give it too i don't want to put too much sauce on it but that's just one potato close to a quarter and 110 calorie potato you're getting close to a quarter of the nutrients you have for the day i'm eating about three or four of them things i was eating about three or four of them things three or four so what we at 440 calories it's less than 500 calories 80 to 90 percent of the nutrients you need from these potatoes well maybe 80 90 is generous it'll say about 70 because you know there's going to be other things you eat throughout the day that will make up the remaining of the calories that you didn't get uh, excuse me the nutrients you didn't get from the potatoes satiating full of nutrients low calories 
three, four potatoes, you good for half the day. So then you make it to the other half of the day, you eat three, four more potatoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying you just have potatoes all day. I mean, but I mean, you can look at people. There's a person who went on just an all potato diet, lost hella weight, just eating potatoes. But they told you to fear these carbs and all of that. Yo, all the foods that you need are carbs. All whole foods are carbs. Only food, only foods that don't have carbs is meat and dairy. And it's too much evidence. I've seen too much proof that meat and dairy is not optimal. So you need to be going for the carbohydrates. I'm not saying you need to be eating seven thousand carbs a day or nothing. But you need to be going for the carbohydrates. It's hydrated carbon. We need hydration. We got carbon in us. Especially us, us. You are what you eat. You eat what you're made of. You get healthier. So, but that was kind of like another tangent. But it's no wonder the 60 pounds came off in 60 days. First six, well, from being technical, it was like 57 pounds and 70 days 72 days something like that if i'm being technical but you know 60 pounds 60 days got a better ring to it so i'll go with that i rounded i rounded up and rounded down so what fight me <laughs> but uh yeah and i loved and i actually liked the potatoes i loved them i looked for so i look forward to eating cashews look forward to eating those potatoes i made it my business to make sure i eat spinach every day then after a while i made it my business <clears throat> so now let's get into what i did specifically for the blood pressure and I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I knew I just need to, you know, come with some plant-based combinations and I'd be good. But when I really learned what I was really doing later, and fairly recently, I'm like, damn, no wonder my blood pressure dropped so fast. My blood pressure dropped like 50-some points that fast, too. I, when, I went into, when I went on this journey, when I fasted for those three days from April 12th to April 15th, six years ago, I was going in with the expectation that it was going to be a good two years before my blood pressure dropped 10 points. I had no clue I was going to be at healthy blood pressure levels in just two, three months. And I attributed to what I did here. Didn't know what I was doing was this powerful. But after a while, about 70, 80 percent of the time for breakfast, I had the same breakfast and lunch 70, 80 percent of the time. The breakfast was oats i ate it like it was cold cereal so i have my oats and my unsweetened almond milk okay i have my oats and my unsweetened almond milk and i chop up a banana in there with some blueberries sometimes i'll put some walnuts in there if we had them we can always have walnuts right and i was sweetening it with xylitol X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, xylitol. I'm plugging that because xylitol is the closest thing that look and taste like sugar. But it's not as bad as sugar. It's about, a, it's about, about half, a little more than half, or I should say a little less than half as bad as sugar. So that's a great alternative. It's not healthy, but it's significantly less damaging. Significantly less damaging. You know, it's it's less damaging enough to where I was still. I mean, we don't have, I don't use Zolotol anymore, but I don't, I'm not necessarily against it either. So I was sweetening with Zolotol, and I didn't go, and it didn't even take as much as sweeten it either. You know, so I eat that for breakfast, and then for lunch I would have a spinach-based salad. So I wouldn't wouldn't be like lettuce. The spinach would be the lettuce. 
And the dressing I would make from some type of seed or one of the nuts, pause. Or I would just get like some vinaigrette, some fat-free vinaigrette or low-fat vinaigrette rather. And I'll put a bunch of berries or seeds, you know, some type of a whole bunch of different vegetables in there. And it'd be different every time, but it was always some spinach. It's always eating the bananas. And it was the, the magic part is really the, the oats and the bananas. So the oats and the bananas for breakfast and then the spinach was the real magic for lunch. Why is this? So the reason why the oats and the bananas for breakfast followed by the spinach for lunch was key is because I didn't know that I was actually creating my own blood pressure medication. Natural. Natural blood pressure medication I was creating. Mine is just eating well, eating better in general. Mine is just cutting out all the saturated fat and cholesterol, right? And only getting healthy fats, you know. Mine is giving up all the extra sodium and the processed foods and all the bullshit ingredients that come with that and all the drugs that I'm just eating. Minus that, I actually was eating natural blood pressure medication. See, there's a hormone called angiotensinogen. And there's a type 1 and 2. Right? And what this hormone does, type 2, is it basically tells your body to either kick up the blood pressure or slow it down. Either make it high or make it low. That's essentially what it does. Okay? So we're looking at vitamin B6 and we're looking at the amino acid taurine. Bananas are rich in vitamin B6. Bananas is always talked about for getting potassium. It's not even the greatest source of potassium. You got to eat like 10, 11 bananas to get the potassium that you need for the day. You know what I mean? People will say that they people will learn they're potassium deficient or need some more potassium and they'll eat a banana or two and think that they're getting the potassium that they need for the day. Oh, you got a lot more <laughs> bananas to eat to get the potassium that you need for the day. Vitamin B6 is a much better source of. You need three bananas to get all the vitamin B6 you need for the day. Okay. And the amino acid taurine. Oats is pretty high, relatively high. It has a lot of uh, taurine in it. And that combination, followed by potassium, which spinach is a better source of potassium. Spinach is a better source of potassium. That combo, and for some reason in that order even, it really tells your angiotensinogen hormone to chill out and lower blood pressure. I just gave you a gym. I didn't know that I was doing this at the time I was doing it. And once I was doing more research, you know, because I'm still nerding out to this day. And I was like, oh, so this medicine uses this, this, and all the other bullshit that adds to the medicine to give you all the side effects. But yo, if you just, if you get a food that has this, Another food that has that and combine it like that, you can get the same thing without all the side effects. And it, and it may come a little bit slower, just a little bit slower. See, that's the selling point with the medication is it happens a little faster and it's, you know, doesn't require any behavior changes besides just, you know, it's not as long as you don't have a problem swallowing pills. It doesn't take it's low barrier to action, a low barrier to habit, whatever terms I'm looking for. It's very easy to do, very simple to adopt that habit. Pop a pill, boom, and then it happens faster. 
But we can create a lot of these medications that exist. We can create them ourselves if we learn the science of the different nutrients and how to combine them and all that. So that's what I was doing. So I highly suggest for those of you out there, you got high blood pressure. Try having a bowl of oats with some bananas and then have some spinach later. Keep that up for a month or two and see what happens. I mean, it's better be better if you change everything. But even if you just dedicate your breakfast and lunch to that and then maybe just do whatever for dinner and just see, just see if something happens. You probably won't get to where you need to be because you got to clean up everything. But just do that and drink more water throughout the day. That alone is going to be very powerful. Things like that is what I give people in meal plans when they come to me for this particular thing. And this is how we get the results we get. How powerful is that? I just taught you how to create your own blood pressure medication with food for free. Food's inexpensive either. Most expensive thing in that equation is probably going to be the spinach. What was that, like a dollar, less than two dollars for a bunch of spinach? Bananas, cheap oatmeal that went up a little bit, but you know, this is all less than ten dollars for the day, or maybe thirty dollars for the week, if that. How powerful is that? I wanted to give this to y'all. I wanted to share this journey with y'all and everything I learned on this journey, because like I said, that was those three days is very pivotal. A lot. I mean, even passes the health. I was learning a lot in general. I got. Oh man, that's very. That's a very great time of my life. That's 2017. It's the best. It's my favorite year that I've been alive so far, probably or close to it. It, it always will be a top three at least. Very pivotal. So you know, this is kind of how. Kind of, it's part of how I got here. This is a big part of my story. You know, it's very for me to go from how I used to be. Like, yo, I used to, I used to be grimy with the food, man. I remember one time, man. I ain't even gonna share that. That's just too, <laughs> some shit's just too embarrassing. But like, for example, I was somebody who I would eat a family size bag of Doritos, and I, I would get that, and I would get either a tub of sour cream or them Tostito queso, the cheese dip shit thingy, the cans of that. And I'd just sit in the car. I wouldn't even make it out the parking lot. I'd be sitting in the grocery store parking lot and finish off the bag. And then go back in there and then get some shit to make a root beer float with. And I still would eat dinner on top of that, whatever was cooked. I'm eating the chips. Then I go eat the dinner. Then I had a root beer float for dessert. This is just the evening. This is all after 5, 6 o'clock. That's how I used to do. I didn't even talk about what I had for breakfast and lunch earlier. That's how it was. So if I can go from that to this, you definitely can. Because I, I, I don't think a lot of y'all was worse than me. I don't think a lot of y'all was doing worse than me. And a lot of y'all is more of uh, it's other issues that's causing your poor eating habits outside of the ignorance of probably not knowing what to eat. There's other things going on. It's, it's usually it's always emotional, usually. I ain't even I ain't even know it was emotional for me. I mean, I had bad eating habits regardless, but it got worse and worse, you know, because I had my own issues. We got to deal with our issues. That's going to be essential. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this with you. And this isn't even in my best interest because I'm a trainer. 
right? But they did studies on people, you know, people who were struggling with their weight. One group of people hired a therapist. The other group of people hired a personal trainer. And mind you, I'm a trainer and I'm sharing this with you. This is just how much I want the truth to be. This is how I'm just about the truth in helping people. The group that hired the therapist actually had better success in their weight loss than the group that hired a personal trainer. How about that? The personal trainer, the goddamn professional who's who's an expert <laughs> in body transformation, didn't have as much success as the therapist. Because what? They're specialists with the mind and changing your mindset. My whole journey, what I've been telling you is about mindset. Yeah, I did some things, but my, my whole approach, my, 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 I had my mindset on having a healthy, sustainable life and not just a quick fix. It's a mind things. Mindset is going to be more important. You got to attack that. That's going to be more important than telling you what to eat. That's a, it's almost like a smaller part of the equation. I could tell you what to eat all day, but if you're not willing to stick to that, then who cares? We got to get right in the mind first. We got to deal with our emotions, whatever traumas we went through. We have to address that. And it's going to be hard. But guess what? The life that you're living right now, it's already hard. It's already hard with the health issues that you have. It's already hard when you look in the mirror and you may feel that you're not as beautiful as you want to look. Or that you know that you could look. So you're not as beautiful as you could feel. And, then, and I'm not saying this in the spirit of body shame. And I'm hoping it's not being received that way. Because uh, I'm, not, I'm not for that. and Because that actually goes against the whole shit. But I would like to think it's a fact that the majority of people, once they get to their desired weight and goals, they do feel better because they feel that they look better. I feel I look better. I'm, as somebody who lost damn near 100 pounds... I feel like I look better. That makes me feel better. So I like to think I'm not out of bounds when I say that. And that I'm not being received the wrong way when I say that. That's not my intention. It's already hard. A lot of times when y'all, especially when you're trying to do right, and then you, and then you end up falling victim to that, that goddamn junk food that got the best of you anyway, and then you feel guilty about it. And that makes you go back to it again and feel better. You get stuck in this loop. That's already hard. You just got to choose your heart. You go through this process. You deal with whatever your traumas is, your emotions is, whatever that has you that wants to keep getting high off of food. You're not too much better than the crackhead. It's just a little more subtle. It's more accepted by society. It's the only difference. It's drugs that we're eating. Your brain recognizes that sugar the same way it recognizes crack. That's why it's difficult for you to kick it. And the sugar and the flour, brain recognizes that the same. That's why you love that, the, the fried foods. You don't even like the meat in there like that. You like the skin because it's the flour. A lot of people think they can give up meat, especially like fried chicken and fried pork chops and shit. Y'all don't even like, it's not the chicken that y'all like. Y'all like that seasoned fried flour that's coating the meat. The skin. That's what you're really addicted to. Or even like chips, that fried flour. And if you add some cheese to the mix with like Doritos, that's why those, those are tough to kick. <laughs> it's drugs. So we got to get off the drugs. That's really the case. It can be done. 
You got to put yourself through some type of rehab. Y'all know what junk, what foods is junk food, what foods is health foods. Y'all can read about macronutrients and protein to your blue in the face. If you're not really ready to really take that step and really sustain it, it's going to be for nothing. Mind you, when I was trying to lose weight in the beginning, before I set my mind, before I changed my mindset on the reasoning and the why, why I was doing it, it really took a realistic approach. I kept gaining weight. I would lose a little bit, gain it back with interest. I did that for years. I did that for like, what, about five and a half years, four and five years. When I first started wanting to lose weight, and I said, yo, okay, I got to do something. I was 220. By the time I actually figured it out, I was 270. I gained 50 pounds trying to lose weight because my mindset wasn't right. Hey, ain't that some shit? I might have been better off not trying to lose the weight. I gained 50 pounds trying to lose weight because my mindset wasn't right. How crazy is that? And I know I'm not the only one. And some of you are still dealing with that. And some of you will just settle and say, yo, I'm, you know, I'm just getting older. My metabolism just slowed down. That's just what it is. I just ain't got the genes. Y'all skinny because you got good genes. No. The thing about genes is genes is not... Uh, the end all be all. Genes is genes works with the environment, you know. So with my genetic makeup, the DNA I got, apparently, I'm prone to high blood pressure and diabetes. Yes, that, that is in my genes. If I eat a certain way, certain foods I shouldn't eat, it's not good for my genes. These same foods that my parents ate, and that certain members of my family eat. They got the diabetes is there because of those foods. You remove those foods, then you'll be fine. It's not just as simple as, okay, you have these genes, so as soon as you turn around 32 years old, boom, diabetes, there's nothing you can do about it. No. If you if there's certain diseases that run in your family, you need to figure out their diet. And lifestyle and figure out how to do the opposite because clearly what they're doing is not good for those for your genes that run in your family they've already there's already plenty of science showing that all these diseases and shit is only uh on average i think less than 15 percent genetic to where it's like absolutely nothing you could do that gives you an 85 percent advantage there's things you can do Sometimes we just live in an environment. It's just literally shit in the air that's not good for your genes. Some of some people literally have to move states. No bullshit. If something's not working out in your favor and you feel like you got bad genes, you can change your environment, whether internal or external, to a favorable situation for your genes so you could thrive during this existence. That is very possible and doable. And we've been programmed to believe that that's not the case. I wonder who benefits from that. Ah, it's just in your genes. So just take this medicine until you die. And it's going to come with these thousands of side effects. 
And if one of those side effects turn into an illness, we got this medicine for you too. But that medicine comes with hundreds of side effects too. But if that turns into something, we got this medicine over here for you too. But that has side effects. Come on, what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? But anyway, I don't want to make this too long. So I'll close it here. I hope that this has been, I hope y'all learned something. I hope this, this inspired somebody. You know, I kind of look at this as, you know, like I said, this was a very special episode during these times. This is like my six year anniversary. We're going to keep going strong. Let this be uh, anniversary. Uh, this, this, let this be the beginning, the start to somebody's journey here in this. And we can celebrate together a year from now or whenever a year from whenever you hear this podcast. Uh, yeah, appreciate y'all tuning in. I'll check y'all on the next one. Peace.